Good morning, church. Um, I would like to say Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers today. Um, so today we are going to read on Proverbs 31, um, starting from verse 10 to verse 31. It reads as follows. Who can find a vicious woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of a husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good, not evil, all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like merchant ships, she bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night, and giveth meat to her household, and a portion to her maidens. She is considereth a field, and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands she planted a vineyard. She gathereth her loins with strength, and strengthened her arms. She perceived that her merchandise is good, her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spill, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor, ye she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. Verse 21, she is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry, her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it, and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opened her mouth with wisdom, and in, in her tongue is law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praised her. Many daughters have done viciously, but thou excellent them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise in the gates. Amen. Please take your Bibles and turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter 31, and we're just going to read one verse as we start today. Actually, I don't need that. <laughs> so you stood talking into the microphone. Okay. Thank you for being here. It's actually more people than I thought. I, when I hear so many, this person says, oh, I'm sick, and a number of people could not be here today, but I'm so thankful that you're here, and thank God that we have a good, good group here today to hear God's precious word. And I want to speak to you on this subject from Proverbs 31, how to be the hero of your home, how to be the hero of your home. And I'll just begin by reading just one verse, and then we'll pray this morning. Verse 10 of Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10. And who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. She is beautiful. She is rare. She is virtuous. A hero of her home. Let's pray. Father, thank You for this day now. Lord, thank You for Your Word. Thank You, God, for the, the wisdom 
and the principles of wisdom found in your word that you give to us through this godly woman. Thank you we can study this passage today just a little bit. Help us to glean just something here that would be of help. I pray God that something that is said or read during this period of time now would speak to every heart in one way or another to make us more like You, to love You and live for You. So take this time and glorify Your name, Lord Jesus. We thank You that You are our wisdom. In Your name we pray. Amen. So I read about a dad and he brought his five-year-old son to the doctor because he had a, a, an infection. And you know kids don't like to go to the doctors. They don't like the, to go into doctor's offices because they smell. You know, they smell like shots. And kids don't like shots. And so the doctor examined the little boy Aaron and he said, yeah, he told the father, because the father brought Aaron to the doctor, and he said, it looks like Aaron's going to need a shot. And so the doctor left, and a, a few moments later, the, the nurse came in with the shot. And the boy gasped, and he just like started to run away from the shot, you know. And he started hiding under the desk, and, and, and he started saying, I want my mommy, I want my mommy, you know. And the father was like, what am I, chopped liver? And, and then as the boy kept saying, I want my mommy, he's like, I want her too. I, why, am I, why am I doing this, you know? And so, as the nurse was able to get Aaron under a little bit of control with Aaron's dad's help, uh, he, he got the shot, and then they're driving home, and the father was thinking, boy, this is a mother's job to have done this. I was in over my head. And then the little boy said, you know what, Dad? Mom is a whole lot better at this than you are. And sometimes we just need our mothers to stand up, to be the hero of our homes. And that's what we see here in this passage of Scripture. How to be the hero of your home. This is an amazing passage of Scripture on an, at least a number of things that are very fascinating to me about this Proverbs 31 woman. It's very famous, right? Very, very famous. The Proverbs 31 woman. One of the amazing things about it, it's actually an acrostic poem. In the original Hebrew language, each verse begins with the succeeding letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So it's almost like from A to Z, here's a godly virtuous woman. Or the ABCs, if you want to put it in our grammar, the ABCs of a godly woman. So it goes from A to Z, if you will, in the Hebrew alphabet. Another thing that's amazing is how the book of Proverbs is a book of wisdom. We've been calling it God's handbook of wisdom. And go back to chapter 3 of Proverbs, please. Wisdom has been crying. I meant Proverbs chapter 1. Go to Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 20. Wisdom has been crying throughout this book for us to listen. And wisdom builds her house, it says in chapter 9. But in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20, it says, Wisdom crieth without, and utters her voice in the street. And so wisdom is crying for us to follow wisdom. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20. Now look at, at this verse. Go into chapter 8. Go to chapter 8 and verses 1 through 3. Especially verse 1 there. It says in chapter 8, Doth not wisdom cry? 
So wisdom cries again in chapter 8. She stands in the high places, Proverbs chapter 8, verse 2. And then in verse 3 it says of Proverbs 8, She cries in the gates, at the entry of the city, at the coming in at the doors. And then we see in Proverbs chapter 9, another cry of wisdom, where it says in verse 1, Wisdom has built, built her house. And then in verse 3 of Proverbs 9, it says she had sent forth her maidens. She cries upon the high places of the city. So wisdom has been crying to fo- for us to follow wisdom. So now we get to the end of Proverbs, and it's like we meet wisdom in flesh and blood. Now some people wonder, is, it a real, is this really a woman being talked about in Proverbs 31? Or is it just a metaphor of the, the woman wisdom that was crying earlier in the book, those verses that we just read. I believe that what we see in Proverbs 31 is a real woman. She's a real flesh and blood woman who had a husband. She did what the, the Bible says that she did here. But she was living out the wisdom of Proverbs. And it's really an amazing thing to, too because throughout Proverbs, who's really the principal one being spoken to, to be wise. The principal person being spoken to in the book of Proverbs is the son. And the father, sometimes the mother, is speaking to the son. But we get to the end of Proverbs, we don't see the son as the personification or the one who has embraced wisdom and is expressing it. We see the woman as the example of wisdom at the end of this book of wisdom. Isn't that amazing? Anybody ever tells you that the Bible is just a book of male domination, go to this passage of Scripture. And just think of that, what I just said. That here, for the, 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 the culmination of wisdom in the book of Proverbs, is a godly woman. So that's an amazing thing. So this word, virtuous, who can find a virtuous woman? Here's all the ladies in our church. Now, yesterday, Mary Chris sent me a PowerPoint. Mary Chris does a great job. I'll tell you, I'll divulge my secret to you. I don't often do the PowerPoints, right? Uh, Mary Chris does them. But I, I like, personalize them. But Mary Chris, you're going to notice that today I have a lot of different pictures here. And it's not because I didn't like the, the pictures you did. Actually, you, you helped me so much in what you do, and you get my thinking going. But as I thought about our church, and I thought about the, the godly women in our church, you're going to see, some of you are going to see yourself. Now, I didn't want to leave anyone out. If, if I don't have a picture of you, Mom, please forgive me. I worked for six hours on this yesterday, though, just to let you know, so don't be mad at me if I left you out. So if I left you out, maybe you're in this picture. And if you weren't in this picture, it's your fault you weren't here, okay? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I got all the mothers in this picture, so I can't leave any mothers out. I'm just kidding. This was back, in, this was back a couple years ago. Okay, I hope that... Is it, my jokes are... I don't want to hurt anybody with my jokes. Did I hurt anybody? Okay. It was just a joke. But we have some great women in our church. And we want to just encourage you today, really, to be to continue on as the hero of your home. So let's talk about this today, the virtuous woman. This word virtuous is used in various contexts in the in the Old Testament. 
It's actually used to speak of armies. Whole armies are, are called virtuous. In other words, there's something strong in this word virtue. And the word is translated sometimes strong. It's heroic. It's a heroic word. It's used to define wealthy people. You know who's called a, a virtuous person in the Bible? Gideon. Remember when God found Gideon? He called him that, he said to Gideon, you are a mighty man of valor. Virtue. And so many times this word virtue is used for men. It's used of Boaz in the book of Ruth. But there's one woman that I did find in the Bible who is specifically called virtuous. And do you know what her name is? Ruth. Ruth was called virtuous in Ruth chapter 3 and verse 11. Now some people don't like this virtuous woman. They say... I hate you. You make me look bad. <laughs> I mean, how can I measure up to this virtuous woman? Some ladies may feel. I cannot attain to the achievements of this perfect godly woman. But listen, don't hate on her. Use her as an example and her wisdom as principles for your life. You're not going to do all the things that she does. You don't, have to, you don't have to buy wool and flax and make your own clothes out of those raw materials, as we'll see in a few moments. You don't have to buy a field and plant a vineyard. Chill, okay? Chill. Relax. But there's principles there for all women, whether you're married or whether you're single, for that matter. Or for all of us, whether you're a man or whether you're a woman, because here's wisdom living it out in life. So, some people don't like this woman because they're, they feel pressured to be someone they're not. But don't be pressured to be anyone other than the person God made you. So read this woman and say, God, how can I apply her wisdom to my life? But our homes need godly examples today. And we have some great examples in our church and I'm sorry that Jeff and Joy cannot be here, but what a blessing that Joy Prophet is. And what a, what a name she has. It's just perfect for her. She's always got a beautiful smile on her face. And how she loves Juliet and Joshua, as does Jeff. What a beautiful family they are. And we need godly examples of motherhood, of true women. And we must have mothers to be the heroes in their home. And I believe there are at least four principles that we'll look at this morning on how a woman can be a hero in her home. The first principle is this. Live a holy life. Live holy. Holy in your walk. So I'm not going to look at this passage with you from verse 10 and go to verse 11 and verse 12. I'm going to actually look at it more topically. Because it really is dealt with topically. For example, if it talks about the household, not all the, the, the words household are not all in line up. It's, it, it's scattered about. So I'm going to look at, but when I say topically, I'm going to be jumping around between verse 10 and verse 31, but we're not going to go far. We'll either be in verse 10 to verse 31. So hopefully you could stick with me. You should have your Bibles open or your phones open if that's how you follow along. But we see the first point, and we're going to start at the end of this passage, because it's really the end of the book of Proverbs, and the, the emphasis on is to live holy in your walk. 
Live a holy life. Be holy as God is holy. This woman demonstrates holiness. And the, the holiness she demonstrates is really wisdom. With wisdom and the fear of the Lord. And that's what the book of Proverbs has been, been about. So the book of Proverbs ends where it began. With wisdom. The fear of the Lord, in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So Proverbs began there, and now we come to the end, and it says in verse number 26, she openeth her mouth with wisdom. And you go down to the even, the verse 30 and 31, favor is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. So she has the fear of God. The fear of God will lead you to live a holy life. The fear of the Lord is an awe-filled reverence for God. The fear of the Lord. Thank God for the precious women of our church who have the fear of God. We're thankful for Sister Megan and Sister Jeannie. Jeannie's been in our church many years. She picked the song today, I Sing the Mighty Power of God. A beautiful song of worship and reverence. Jeannie, even though if her knees are hurting, she's out passing out tracks with us at Grand Central Station. And I see her, she's like, she'll be standing there and she gets a little low in activity. She's like bending her knees, you know, keeping, keeping, uh, keeping strong there. But the fear of the Lord, and we've been talking about this, and I've given you this definition a number of times, but a, a, a life rearranging joyful wonder before the greatness of God. The fear of the Lord is an awe-filled reverence for the Lord that leads me to holiness. And then, to, to live out that wisdom. Wisdom, and we've been mentioning this, and I've given you this definition as well, but one of the keys of learning is repetition. So I, I repeat this gladly to say, divine wisdom is the skillful application of what we know about God in our hearts and the relationship we have with God is then to live it out. In other words... I know that the Lord loves me. And He forgives me. He died on the cross for my sin. And so because I know that, I need to live out that and love you and be forgiving towards you. Wisdom, the skillful application of our relationship knowledge of God to the moral realities of life. And wisdom does lead us to a moral life, to a holy life. And aren't you thankful for the style cups in our church? What a blessing to have Tim and Kristen and their beautiful children, Anna Faith and Timmy, so full of exuberance, so full of joy, and so full of readiness to serve God. As Kristen will actually be on the radio with us tonight as we talk about motherhood and, and from, the, from the book of 1 Samuel with Hannah. So pray for, pray for Kristen as they're here to serve God. They've come here from out of the city. They're not New Yorkers, so this is like a new, this is like a different country to, to move to. So we're thankful. Pray for the Stout Cups. Brother Tim is preaching at a church in Staten Island today because the pastor is sick and they have a daughter too who has, uh, is it leukemia? Lymphoma. Lymphoma. So uh, pray for Brother Tim as he encourages that church today. And pray for Kristen as she comes to the radio again tonight. She and Tim have been with us in the past. They'll be back with us. But we need to let, then, the fear of the Lord and wisdom to shape our character. We need to live a holy life. 
We need moms who will not tolerate sinful influences in their home. Who will protect their children from all the sin in our culture. And I don't even know how to actually go about that today. There's so much sin just pouring at us every moment, it seems, of the day. So many lies. You know, they're telling a lot of lies. It's amazing how this world denies the most basic truths that we joyfully embrace. For example, that life begins at conception. This is a huge issue in our society right now because of the Supreme Court leak of a, of a ruling that's coming and now many people are just blowing their minds. But beloved, for Christians, it's a no-brainer that you don't take the life that is in the womb. It's a life. A woman says, it's my body, it's my choice. That's somebody else's body in your body. Your choice was whether or not to have in intimacy. That was your choice. <laughs> you know, isn't it amazing? It's like, my body, my... don't you realize if you have that kind of intimacy, what could happen? I mean, <laughs> let's all wake up. Anyway, our country's in a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual war. I mean, most basic things that when you're born, you're either a boy or a girl and you don't choose. And now our children are being taught that they can choose over a hundred different genders. We've talked about that numbers of times. The lies are coming in and the hatred toward us is going to grow to the point where Jesus even said, people will be thinking they're serving God if they put us into prison and shut us up, because this is gonna, this is a shut up culture. If you don't agree with me, shut up, you're canceled, right? Well, we have to be in love, but we have to be strong. Thank God for strong families. And we need godly mothers who will be true women and not be afraid to define and live out what a woman is. Favor is deceitful. Beauty is fleeting and vain. Outward beauty does not last for years, but a woman that fears God, a woman that has the wisdom of God, grows more beautiful every day of their lives. Matter of fact, I, I was able to see Consuelo this week. And you'll see a picture of Consuelo a few years ago, but she's now in a hospital bed. But you know, if you look at a picture, and I took her picture, and... She didn't look good in the picture, but when I was actually saw her and looked into her face, there was a beauty there. Amen. There was a beauty there that is like indescribable. A glow. A radiance. And she will say, the Lord is my refuge. And so when peace, and when Jesus Christ rules in the heart, peace rules in your life. And when Jesus Christ rules in the home, peace will rule in your home. Let Jesus Christ rule in your life and peace will win the day. The peace of God. The second thing is, not only to live a holy life in your life, but live happy. You know, this woman was a happy woman. It says in verse number 26, she opens her mouth with, with, with wisdom. And then it says in verse 28, her children arise up and call her 
Blessed. That's the Psalm 1 word. You know Psalm 1? Blessed is the man. So here's the blessed woman. And that word literally just means happy. Happy is the woman. Her children rise up and see her joy and her happiness. And happiness, that the theme of happiness runs through this chapter. I said, to, I'm going to deal with this topically, because the theme of happiness isn't just in that one word. It's, it's also in verse number 25. Look at verse 25. It says, she shall rejoice in time to come. So she looks at the future and she's not afraid. She knows that she's going to rejoice and, and, and have joy in the future. She looks to the future and she's not glum about it. She's, she's looking forward to the, to the future. And the, the word joy is also kind of connected with a word in verse 13 where it says she seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. That she works willingly means with personal pleasure. She, she delights in her work. She doesn't shirk work. She doesn't look at work as something negative. She willingly, joyfully, happily, she happily works. She's a happy woman. She's content. She's positive. She's welcoming. Why? Because she's holy. You know the key to happiness? You don't find happiness by looking for happiness. You find happiness by living for Jesus. And by living a holy life. Holiness will lead to happiness. Do you know that? Happiness is more a consequence of doing and being right. And doing right, doing living holy and being holy will lead to happiness. You want to be happy? Be holy. It's the foundation of real happiness. Live happy in your home. Now, she's happy in at least three ways. One... Her husband increases her happiness with trust in her. Now, I, I really don't know if I should have put my picture there with my wife. Because I'm not so sure how much I increase her happiness. That's not my point, though. So, honey, if you're watching this, I know sometimes I don't make you as happy as I should. But, but the husband here, look at the husband in verse number 11. Now we're going to go back to the beginning. Verse 11. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her. And the reason I did put this picture here is because I can say, after being married with my wife for over 40 years, that I can trust her. And I do trust my wife. She is trustworthy, loyal, and full of integrity. That's the woman of Proverbs 31. That's the woman we should all, you should be. And we should all be that kind of person. Trustworthy. Can people trust you? She is super reliable. As I read this passage, here's what I get, ladies. I see a woman that everything she does, she does in submission to and under the authority of her husband. Even though she seems very independent in certain ways, but everything she does is done in submission to and under the authority of her husband. And you know what? He trusts her. He trusts her. She's going to buy a field? I know she's going to buy the right one. Maybe she, she even consulted with him, but she, may, she bought a field. She's going to have a, a business to merchandise textiles. We'll see that in just a moment. He trusts her. So her work as well, what we see in this passage, and here's a principle. Her work complements 
the success of her husband. Her work makes him look good. Her work leads other people to say, wow, whoever got that girl must be a good man. (laughs) You see, her work compliments his success. And we see that in verse number 23. That principle is in verse 23. It says, her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. So, this woman works. She works, it seems, more in the home and through the home, but she works. But it's under the authority of her husband, and it's to compliment him, and to increase and add to the husband's reputation at the city gates. She doesn't work because she has to support her husband. Her husband is sitting at the city gates. That means he has ruling administrative responsibilities. He was an important man in this town also. But her work increased his reputation. There's a word, sometimes we hear gravitas. It increased his gravitas. That means his sense of honor and respect that he received from others. This husband does not take his wife for granted. He praises her. He praises her. And so that's why I say that her husband increased her happiness. Because he trusted in her, and she made the right decisions wisely, and he praised her. Husbands, praise your wife! Women thrive on praise. Praise is mentioned three times at the end of this chapter. So, very important that she doesn't work to support her husband. Her husband, it's not like her husband's a deadbeat, you know. I gotta go out, I better work, or else we're going to, we're gonna starve, you know. And sad to say, some women are married to men like that, and so some women have to go out and, and provide. So if that's what it, it takes, women often will do that. But this woman increased the respect that her husband had. By the way, this picture was taken at the sunset of Jeff and Joy's when they got married down in uh, St. wherever that was. Where was that? Curacao, St. Curacao. Okay, no, I said, <laughs> there were so many St. Lucia, St. other. Okay, yeah, down in Curacao. What a beautiful time that was. And then her words increase her happiness because her words are with love. You know how you'll be happy? You'll be happy when you live under the authority of your husband and receive his praise. Ladies, you'll be happy when you say, I have a law. I am guided by a law. You know what law? What law was she guided by when she opened her mouth? And we should all be guided by this. I know I need to. Verse number 26. What's the law? She says, I'm going to open my mouth. I'm going to, I have a rule. I have a law about what comes out of my mouth. It was the law of what? Kindness. I want to speak kindly. You know, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. In other words, it'll give you joy. You'll have joy by the answer of your mouth. You can, you can get depressed when you say the wrong thing. Have you ever said the wrong thing and you hurt somebody and you said, I wish I hadn't said that and you really felt badly about it? We've all done, we've all done that. But when you say the right thing, it gives you joy. So she was guided With wisdom, it says she opens her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue was the law of kindness. 
And Sister Anna said this, and I wrote this down, in our Sunday school this morning, she says, words of love break down walls of hurt. And so this woman used words of love to break down any walls of hurt. So her words increased her happiness. And then we see her children increase her happiness. What beautiful families we have. And you know what's really amazing is, like, I officiated the, the wedding for Jeff and Joy and to see their children growing in our midst. I, fish, uh, I married, counseled uh, Lintia. She mentioned she has four kids. One, they're 21 years old. So we've seen all the Lions children grow up right here in our church. What a blessing. And what a joy to see Chloe and Phoebe now. We're seeing them grow up right in front of us, aren't we? And now we're seeing Chloe play the violin. It's incredible. And Phoebe is not far behind. Chloe found out that she couldn't come to church today, so Debbie sent me a, a little video of Chloe having her own church service. I bet you that it was a good sermon, of nice and short. <laughs> but the children increased this woman's happiness. Because notice what the children say. The children arise up, verse 28. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Blessed, happy. Her husband also, he praises her. So this is a happy woman. Her joy was increased by her children, by her words, by her husband. We need women. Virtuous women are holy women. And they're happy in the Lord. The joy of the Lord is their strength. The third thing we see... Oh, this was them at the radio. Now actually, you know what my favorite thing about this picture is? It's Sid and Ruth gawking from behind. Do you see? Do you see? I'm going to point them out. I'm going to, look at this. Look at, look at Sid and Ruth back here. I just love that. Such beautiful... They all have such beautiful smiles. Chloe, she, she, did a, she does a great interview on the radio, by the way. No. <laughs> okay. And then we need to live heartily in your work. Now, she did not know I was going to fit. Grace, you didn't know that, right? That's a surprise to you, right? I found this picture on your Facebook page, so I guess I could put it up here. It's on social media. But it, look at Grace with her sons. You know, she loves her sons so much. But I have this point here. Here's the third thing. A virtuous woman a hero of her home, I'm saying we'll live a holy life, live a happy life, and live heartily. That means hard work. Much of this passage is actually devoted to the diligence and the energetic hard work of this woman. She's amazing, this Proverbs 31 woman. She shops, she sells, she cooks, she provides, she buys, she plants, she decides, she gives, and she does it all without fear. There's no fear. What resourcefulness is in this woman? I like that word. She's resourceful. She works willingly, energetically, wisely, generously, confidently, without selfishness. She's a hardy worker. And I was thinking of Grace, her hardiness, because not only... Grace has multiple jobs. Multiple jobs. She works in the hospital, and then she has to chase Vinny around. And she's got to keep up with Vinny, right? And Vinny's got fire under his feet. Every time I see Vinny, he's like, I'm going to Arizona, I'm going here, I'm going there. Vinny, even today, he says, I'm going to Virginia. I'm going to stay in the Walton's house. But they got so much energy. So Grace works hard to keep up with Vinny. 
what a blessing to have them in the radio occasionally to pray and to counsel people. We're just so thankful for Vinnie and Grace. Grace being a godly woman. There's two things about the hardy work of this lady that are so interesting. First of all, we see her expertise in manufacturing. You know that she has her own manufacturing business? She manufactures textiles. You know what a textile is? Textile is cloth and woven fabric. She's, she is like an ancient fashion designer. Yeah. But the amazing thing is, is she manufactures cloth, linen. It says here girdles. Now, a girdle's a belt, actually. It's not like an undergarment. It's a belt. <laughs> She manufactures these things with ancient tools. The tools are mentioned down in verse number 19. She lays her hands on the spindle and her hands with the distaff. So with one hand, she twists and twirls. I don't exactly know how to do it, obviously. But she would twist and twirl with skill and hard work combined with a labor of love. And out of that, she would make sewed fabric um, material. And she would, she would find the raw materials as well and use with these ancient tools to make fine linen and, and clothing for her family, for herself, as well as to sell. It's amazing. She was an expert manufacturer. Notice the raw materials in verse 13. It says, She seeketh wool. That's raw materials from an animal, obviously, right? Wool from the sheep. And flax from the vegetation. She would get the flax. And you maybe not have your own manufacturing business, but we have women in our church, and maybe even you work out of your home and you have your own business. And we have a godly woman in our church who has a very successful accounting business. And that's Sister Maureen. And what a blessing to have Maureen and David in our church now for these many years with their beautiful daughters, Giselle and Rebecca. And not only that, but, it's, but you know they adopted a few children as well along the way in Yanni and Yannin. And the reason Yanni and Yannin are in our church are because David and Maureen open up their home for them to come in during the pandemic. And then they became a part of our church family. What a blessing. And, and what, a, what an encouragement that I know Maureen too in her, in her job. She doesn't just do accounting for people. She helps churches. She does accounting for churches. I know that sometimes when somebody she's done accounting for ends up in the hospital, she, I've even visited a few people along the way and prayed with them. So she cares for their souls. She looks at her job as an opportunity to share the gospel with other people. Isn't that beautiful? So pray for one another. Pray for Maureen in her M. Jones accounting services. Is that what it is? Did I get it right? Anybody? Did I say it right? They look at, okay. Thank you, Maureen. Thank you, David. Thank you, Giselle. And wherever Rebecca is. Where's Rebecca? Out there. Okay. Oh, she's teaching. You see that? It's a faithful family. So we see her expertise in manufacturing. Manufacturing. So she had an ancient textile plant. But look down, and I've mentioned this. Look down in verse 24. It says, she makes fine linen and sells it and delivers girdles or belts to the merchant. You know, and I believe this about this woman because look at how she's dressed. Look at how she's dressed. In verse number 
uh, 21. Well, look at how her household is dressed. Her household is clothed. What, what kind of color clothing does her children wear in her house? Scarlet. And they had to get the, that scarlet color was, was the dye from a, from a crushed uh, worm of some kind. And then it says, look at her clothing. What color was her clothing? In verse number 22. Thank you. What, what color is her clothing? Purple. And they would get that purple dye from a mollusk on the eastern shores of the Mediterranean Sea. It wasn't very easy to color your clothes with scarlet and purple. But she dressed up in silk and purple so that she looked distinctive. She looked beautifully dressed. And so she would be wearing this beautiful, distinctive dress of purple and her children in scarlet. And people would be like, wow, where'd you get that from? Oh, I made it. Oh, and I make belts. Would you like one? Oh, yeah, well, do you have anything? I, and here's fine linen. I sell fine linen. And so for them to buy something from her, it would be like buying Gucci, Prada. It was like she was the Kate Spade of her day. But she was happy. Praise God. An expertise in manufacturing. And I, I found a few pictures of actually flax. It says she, she was, sought the, bought the flax and the wool. So I don't exactly know the process she would have gone through to, to get the flax if she went through the whole process of it, of drying it, of what they call scutching it. It had to be beaten and then hacking it, uh, hackling it. You can look that up. I just found it online. I thought that was very interesting. I don't know if she went through that whole process. I don't know. But she, it does say she sought wool and flax. And she had these raw materials for her manufacturing of textiles. And then we see her hardy work Evidence not only in her manufacturing and her, her expertise in manufacturing, but we see it in her energy. We see it in her energy of multitasking. She was a multitasker. She wouldn't do just one thing. As she worked willingly and wisely and generously and confidently and unselfishly with great energy, she would do multiple things at once. For example, she would take care of her family like many mothers here. Now, the Lyons family, thank God for them. And Lentia is a hard worker. She's teaching in the school now. Before she had her own daycare, she had started a daycare. And of course, they went through Sandy and went through great uh, catastrophe through Sandy and the destruction of their home. And they had to patiently wait for how many years? Four, was it four years? Four, four years before they could get back into their home. And God provided for them as they're raising up their children. Two of them now in college. And what multitasking being a parent requires in the family. You have to do many things at once. So we see that this woman multitasks with her family. Now I look up the word household in this passage. So follow this along with me. And I'm going to ask you a question to try to engage you. I'm going to read the verse and you tell me what she cared about in her family. What did she care about? So look at verse number 15. What did she, I'm not even going to read the verse. You read the verse. Look at verse 15. What did she care about in her family that they what? Verse 15. They had food. So she, she had to make sure that her family had something to eat. That's basic. And now look at verse 21. We see the word household twice in that verse. 
And here's another example of why I'm dealing with this topically, because the word household is scattered throughout the text. But in verse 21, what did she care about for her family there? Her clothes. The children have to eat and they have to wear something so that they're, they're, they're prepared for the cold weather. And now look at verse 27. And maybe this is the most important thing. What did she care about in verse 27? About her family, about those, the children and those under her authority. She cared about their what? Their pathway, their ways. In other words, if your teenager says, hey mom, I'm going out. Where are you going? Oh, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to tell you, Ma. Oh, you better tell Ma. You better tell this Ma. Because <laughs> it says in verse 27, she looks well to the ways of her household. She knows where they're going. I, I'm going to know where you're going. What time are you going to be home? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I'll, I'll get home when I want to get home. No, you're going to get home. Tell them when they're going to... And the mom, tell them you're going to be home at 10 o'clock or whatever. So she looks well to their direction. She cared about their food, their clothes, but their direction... It was her business to know where they were going. Amen? If somebody is under your authority and still under your roof, even if they're, maybe they're a little older, 19, 20 or something, but if they're still relying on you to feed them, they still have to, they still have to abide by your loving authority and rules in the home. So she took care of her family. That required a lot of energy. But she also made financial decisions. Notice her finances in her energy of multitasking. Look at her finances. She took care of her family, but she took care of the finances. Now look at verse 16. What, did she, what decision did she make in verse 16? She wanted to buy a field to do what with it? To help her textile industry? To help the manufacturing of clothes? No, to do what? Plant a vineyard. So, in other words, she's got the manufacturing going, and now she's going to multitask and start a whole new operation. This is amazing. But she did it wisely. Did she impulsively do it? Did she just make an impulsive decision and do it? No. What does it say in that verse? I'm in verse number 16. What does she do? It says she considers. What does that mean? She counts the cost. She had to ask, do I have sufficient money? Do I have the laborers and workers to run both the manufacturing of textiles and woven fabrics as well as now plant a vineyard? Maybe she had to do some research as far as the land itself, will the, will the land be fruitful for grapes? Because vineyard required a particular kind of dirt. You have to have good dirt to grow grapes, to have a good vineyard. And then she had to say, if I do this, will I still have enough time to take care of my family, to make sure they have food and clothing, and I can keep, keep track of their ways and their direction. So there were a lot of factors. And no doubt she counseled with her husband. Now let me ask you this. Where did she get the money from? To buy the vineyard? Did she go into debt? Did she, did she bury her family in financial, under financial pressure? <laughs> did she get them into debt? What does it say? Verse 16. It says what? The fruit, which was what? The prophets. 
She took the profits that she made from her manufacturing business and now invested those profits into something that could increase the equity, the value of their portfolio, if you will. Their portfolio. This is wise, this is wise finances. So she took the profits from one area and invested it in another area. And we do the same thing, except we don't, might not do it with a physical field, but we do it with stocks and investments and bonds and things like that. And it requires a lot of knowledge and understanding. I certainly don't have that. Some people have it here. But this woman was very wise. And I would say, we must not sink our families into debt. Especially credit card debt at this time. We're living in inflationary times. We're hearing about it all over. I mean, it's incredible how gas... I mean, the other day it went over $4, and now it's like $4.30, $4.40, $4.50 a gallon. And everything, you go to the store, it's just, it, is, it blows your mind to see how expensive everything is. But we have to live within our means. That's wisdom. A virtuous woman, a wise woman, a wise father will not sink their family into onerous, burdensome debt. Be careful. Live heartily, live happy, live holy. And then the last thing is live a healthy life in your person. She's healthy. She's a healthy woman. And we're going to see that. Verse 17, look at her health. She girdeth her loins with strength. Now we have some physical trainers here. Don't worry, Misha, I don't have a picture of you. But Misha does do physical training. And Tito... I lifted weights with Tito one time, and I ended up, like, I don't know what I tore, but it hurt me for, like, at least two years, because I was trying to keep up with Tito. Can you believe the stupidity that I had? Oh, I mean, Tito's a monster, you know? Anyway, but, but uh, what's this midsection here called when you exercise? The lower back, your lower abs, they call it what? There's a word. It begins with C. Your core. So when, so here's, here it is. It's in the, you know the course in, in the Bible for the physical trainers. Here it is. Verse number 17. What word speaks of the core? Your, the core of your physique. Your loins. Your loins is your belt area around the, the back, the lower abdomen. So it says she girdeth her loins. Maybe she put a belt on because she was exercise, she, she was going to be lifting stuff. I don't know. But I know that she was healthy. Thank God for healthy Parents in our church. And you talk about a family that's grown right in our midst. Look at Douglas. That's how old... Uh, Jacob's probably older than Douglas was then. I don't really know how old they were. But what a, be- what a beautiful family. We're so blessed to have the Smiths. Susan, homeschooling. She'll be, we'll be having a conversation with Susan on the radio tonight, as well as Joan is going to also call in, and Zuki is going to call into the... We're going to have a great radio program tonight with our mothers. Kristen will be in the studio with us. But this woman, it says she girdeth her core with strength and she, and her arms. So it was her core and her arms. Now I got a good, you want a good core exercise? I want to tell you, here, it's, it's colon. It's like this. Like this. Or you go like this. Do that for a minute. You, you ever work on your core? You got, I do core, man. I do core stuff. We gotta, we gotta be, we gotta be strong. It says, gird up the loins of your mind. Gird up your core. 
be strong physically and spiritually. She was healthy physically. She was tireless. And I know a homeschooling mother has to have a lot of energy. And you know, one thing I, I, I will say this about the Smiths and Susan. They're at every service. Unless the kids are sick or maybe one of them is sick. Rarely that even happens. They're healthy. They're strong. They're faithful. All the children are there. They're involved. They pray for the offering. They've been taking the offerings. And it's, it takes an incredible amount of work for them homeschooling their children. So pray for the Smith family. And pray for, I know Zuki's homeschooling her children as well. Pray for other homeschooling families. Because it's a, it's a, a work that requires tireless activity. And then, we need to be healthy, not just in physical strength, but in social strength. So here it says in verse 20, she stretches out her hand to the poor. She reaches forth her hands to the needy. So socially, she's selfish. Now, isn't this an amazing picture? This is, this is Edgar and Anna. And I have to say, they've aged well. Amen? Because this is back 20 years ago or more. And that's Sister Consuelo that I mentioned earlier. And, you know, when Consuelo was living right here in the city, she had four Jewish neighbors. And she was so burdened for their spiritual salvation. She had them come over to her apartment and she would provide us some snacks and I would go over there and we would lead in a Bible study with them and just explain the Bible from Genesis right on through. We had a wonderful time sharing the Gospel. And Edgar and Anna, of course, are so faithful and selfless, generous, going on mission trips with us. You, you did the first snack table for our church. When we first started a snack table, I called Edgar. And anything I would ask Edgar and Anna to do, honestly, they were just so open and available. They did a beautiful job back then. They taught Sunday school and now recently started a marriage class. The Anna faithfully serves on our homeless outreach as well. So we need to be selfless. You know, when you're selfless and when you give, you'll be healthy. You'll be happy. And it will lead you to a holy and hearty life. A virtuous woman. Recently they were on our radio program and they're oh, great. They're my friends for many years and I do thank God for the Londonios and many of you. And emotionally she's fearless. Because it says in verse 21 and then I'll be done. It says in verse 21 she's not afraid of the snow for her household or for all her household are clothed with scarlet. So... For her, for this mother, the danger was the cold. So she prepared for it. So she wouldn't have to be afraid. Now, apply that to yourself. What's the danger for us? It could be what, it could be what your children are going to be taught in the schools. If your child is in second grade and he comes home or she comes home and says, my teacher asked me what my pronouns are, get him out of there. You have to know what the dangers are. We live in a, this, through this pandemic time. We have to be careful. And we have to understand the dangers. And we need to prepare for it so that we're not afraid. But the point is, don't be afraid. We don't have to live in fear. And thank God for some Manhattan mothers we got. you got to be a Manhattan mother. Yvonne, there you are. Come on. She was like taking notes or something. There's Yvonne. What a, what a fearless 
woman, Sister Yvonne. We appreciate Yvonne. Thank you for Christy being here today and your children being with us many years. And of course, these are the Manhattan mothers. Anna and Wanda. I had to put Wanda. I know Raul's on the Zoom right now. So I told Raul Wanda was going to be up there. He had to wait the whole message. But to live in Manhattan, you got to... There's dangers. But we don't live in fear. Amen? We're trusting in the Lord. So let's live as this Proverbs 31 woman. Holy in our heart. Happy in our homes. Heartily in our work healthy in our bodies. Let's stand together as we pray.